Good afternoon, y'all. Good afternoon. All right, all right, all right. How many of you are glad that Christ gives a clean heart? Oh, my goodness. If you don't know your, if you didn't know Christ and now you know Christ, your heart used to be deceitful and wicked, unknowable by humans, but because of the cleansing power of Jesus Christ, you get a brand spanking new heart. So that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Just a, just a quick shout out um, to Pastor Kurt. I'm real proud of the work that he's doing. Um, really, really, really proud of him. Uh, many of you don't know this, but Pastor Kurt was saved only a few months before this church started and uh, came here and got, you know, spent years with him and just seeing his growth and development, and now he's pastoring. Um, he spent time with uh, 15 young boys last Monday down in Diamond World, um, just, just engaging them, not all of them believers. God just dropped them into our lap, and so we've been given an opportunity to engage them, and he's doing a great job with that. Got our, our um, children's ministry up to full volunteered for this gathering. Amen. Um, first service now spreading to the first gathering so that now we have a volunteer base for the first gathering and so he's managing children's ministry uh junior high ministry youth ministry and uh, uh basketball league coming up all kinds of different things coming up and so just just from knowing from being in ministry if you see him encourage him amen somebody um you know uh Every now and then, your leadership needs encouragement. So when you, if you see Pastor Larry doing something admirable, you need to encourage him. Don't, don't, don't assume that because we serve God that, that encouragement just comes out of thin air. And so, and so make, sh- make sure that you encourage those gentlemen um, because they do a phenomenal work. When you see Pastor Nyron, encourage him, and uh, especially if he's ministering particularly to you. Um, 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 and so, so, so that's, that's a very, very important part of our relational life as a body because you want to know that, that, that something's impacting someone as you, as, you, as you throw seeds. So let's stand up to our feet. Let's get in the book. Uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16. Psalm 119 verses 9 through 16. Um, When you get there, say amen. Amen, Amen. all right. Um, We're going to read from verses 19 to 16. Y'all know I'll start start first. 9 to 16, I'm sorry. 9 to 16, that would be weird. But we're going from 9 to 16. I'll start off, and I'll kind of break off, but y'all keep reading. Uh, How can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word. Keep going. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. Keep going. I will not forget Tell BK to have him put the word on the screen for the unbelievers for me. Amen, amen, amen. So today, 
in our Numanity series, we're going to talk about the man and his Bible. The man and his Bible. You may be seated. You may be seated. Uh, you know, in working through kind of a passage like this and working through uh, just thinking about, I've read, I've read Psalm 119 countless amounts of times. Uh, I can't remember how many times in the last 20 years of being a believer that, 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 I've, that I've been through this passage. And as I've been going through this passage and, and kind of working through things in here, it kind of reminds me of my, my, some of my favorite times of the week. Well, one of my favorite times of the week is, of course, date time with my wifey. Amen, somebody? Um, and, and the other favorite time of the week is watching Saturday morning cartoons with my sons. Uh, I, 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 they, they brought some real Saturday morning cartoons back, you know, now. So, so, so I'm, I'm enjoying Young Justice and, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know nothing about that. I'm liking that thing, man. That thing is like a saga. Good God Almighty. It's, uh, the Clone Wars and all of that. I love all of that. They're they killing me up in there. But, 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 but as, as, I, as I've been spending time with myself, I, I'm just realizing more, the older I get how much we didn't know was in the content of cartoons as we were growing up. I mean, they, they, I mean, if you look at some old episodes of Bugs Bunny, you're like, I didn't know what he was talking about. But now this dude is tripping, right? So you, didn't, you really didn't know what, 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 was, what was happening. But, uh, you know, as, as I'm watching um, cartoons with my sons and just spending time with them, we, we, you know, we, we come down in our pajamas, we, 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 get, we get our bowl of cereal, you know, whether it's Apple Jacks, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, whatever we're going to get for that morning. Can't have the sugar cereals every day, but every now and then we got to do that. And, and we sit down and we're watching the shows, and, and I'm sitting down with my boys, and I, and I love the fact that God has given me boys. I just love it, right? And so we're sitting down, and we're, but I do want a girl one day. Um, so, uh, that's another conversation, uh, uh, but, but, but as I'm, as I'm watching the show, as I'm watching the show, um, I, 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 I begin to recognize that, 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 that the show has a greater agenda for us watching it than I do. Um, as I watch the shows and these different shows, I'm, I'm recognizing that there are intentionally placed within the framework of the show, a worldview. And, 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 as I, and as I begin to comb through the fact that there is a particular worldview that's being distributed, I, I know that every now and then I have to pause the station. And, and as I pause my TiVo and over DVR and sit with my boys, we're sitting on uh, our couch in the man cave in the basement, and, 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 I'm, and I'm talking to them, and I'm saying, I'm saying, sons, what are you thinking about this particular thing that Avatar Aang is talking about in this show? He's talking about the universe and it, it, reciprocity, and, 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 he's, and he's talking about, the, you, know, you know, reincarnation. And so one of the things that I'm talking to him about is what is, what is your framework for how you're relating to this? In, in other words, son, I, I, don't want, I want him to learn, I want them to learn how to not just be entertained, because they have to recognize that all entertainment is really edutainment. In other words, it's the attempt of, through entertaining, to educate you in a particular way. I remember back in the day, the old He-Man and G.I. Joe episodes. You know what I'm saying? Y'all don't know about that. Be quiet. Stop it. Just stop it. But at the end of the episode, they would say, He-Man would say, now, you know, Orko is so-and-so and so-and-so, and they would walk through like some story or something, you know, and G.I. Joe and say, would say at the end, and knowing is half the battle, G.I. Joe, oh, y'all know. I knew y'all ain't know. And so, and, so, and so they would all go through this educational piece. 
And, 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 and I don't know, know if any, many of us realize, but culture is attempting always to saturate you with stimuli that gives you a worldview. Uh, it, it wants to give you a worldview of its way of thinking and its way of doing things. But if you remember back to Genesis chapter 1, when Adam was created first and was given the commands of God, inferentially, Adam was given the responsibility to be the promoter of God's worldview. That means that when Eve was created, he was supposed to distribute this worldview to his wife. And when they had children, they were to mutually, based on Proverbs 1, as husband and wife, with husband leading the charge as a leader who's not waiting on his wife to nag him in the leading. I wish I had help right there. But that he would lead because he wanted to lead, not because he was kicked to lead. I'm by myself. And so, and so, and so, and so what, what, what we come into is we must recognize that as men, we are the distributors of God's worldview. We are to be, if you're going to be a real man, if you're going to walk as a beastie man for Jesus Christ, you got to be a dude that know what God says. Because in you knowing what God says, it sets you up in your soul to win, but you have been specifically appointed and anointed by God to be structurally placed, whether you like it or not, to be the leader of righteous information, to be leader of God's way of thinking, to be leader of God's way of doing things. And I know some sisters say, well, what about me? I got a word too. Can I say something to the, you know, my husband? Yeah, you can do that. You can influence. We're going to get on that in the women's series on why your attitude like that while I'm saying what I'm saying. But we'll talk about that later. Um, 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 so so, so hold, your, hold your britches in Jesus' mighty name because the hook is coming for you in a couple of months. But, 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 but let me talk to the dudes. Dude, dudes, women don't want no biblically dumb cat. Wish I had some help right there. But listen, listen, women don't want no dude where they're navigating the worldview of the relationship. Women were built to be influencers. I'm getting series ahead of myself. Men were, are the authority, but the women are influenced. Ladies, if you understand your role, real quick, this for free, if you understand your role as an influencer, you have a certain level of authority without the position. But that's a whole nother story. That's a, that's a whole nother. I, I got to keep moving. But, 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 but when we get up in the text here, when we get up in the text here, the, 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 the psalmist is a, cat, is a dude. It's, it's clearly, a, it's a dude, it's an anonymous dude, but it's a, it's a dude the Masoretes didn't say who he was. They, they, they may not have known who he was when they structured the pre-psalm titles. But, but, but he comes in here and he's talking from a male perspective, even though it has feminine application. Um, he, he's talking from a male perspective of what it's like for a man to be masculinely in love with Jesus and his word. And, 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 so, and, so, and so as we come here in this text, it brings me to my first point. <clears throat> if you're going to be a man who, who, who's a man and has this Bible, that's what this sermon is about. You and your doggone Bible. First point. The word preserves men. The word preserves men. When you look at this word, how can, it, it says here, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Let's, let's stop right there. Uh, it's asking a question. But, but, but I want to stop on the definition of something. Here in the passage, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? 
So based on historical documentation of Hebrew Bible, young men uh, would, would have been, you know, it could speak of someone from, from, from being weaned all the way up to about 35 to 49 years old. Now, 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 but specifically, the psalmist is not talking to that broad range in this context. He's specifically talking to 12-year-olds to 35-year-olds. And it's interesting that he would take time to talk to 35-year-olds, I mean, 12-year-olds to 35-year-olds. Now, let's understand what, what the context of this passage would be, historically how they would view manhood. In, in, in the Bible, there was, the, and I'll talk about it in the book coming out in May in more, way more detail than I'm going to talk today. But in the Bible, there's childhood and there's adulthood. Let me say that again. In the Bible, it's only childhood and adulthood. There is nothing in between childhood and adulthood. I, come here, Paul. Paul says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child I did as a child, but when I became a man, there was not this Western incubation system that we called adolescence. Adolescence, I don't have time to talk about it, but adolescence is the creation of Western culture in which gives men the ability to meander instead of becoming men. I wish I had some help right there. And so what hap- what, what's happening is, is that we've created a time period in life where men get to be buffoons. In other words, you get to sow your royal oats. You get to get yours. You get to be in a particular way. You're excused for your, sin- sin- your, your sinful emasculation. In other words, there is no infusion of someone kicking your butt from childhood to adulthood. I was in my son's grill, my 10-year-old's grill last night. And, and, and I had him taking some wood out of the car into the back. And, 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 and I got in him. He was broke down crying. But I said, let me tell you something. You're not going to be no little, no, you're going to be a freaking adult. Do you hear me? He's crying. I said, you're going to be an adult. And you don't learn how to be an adult when you get to be an adult. You learn how to be an adult. You learn how to be a man now. And I, and I said, and I said, there are going to be times where you feel like I love you, and there are going to be times where you feel like I hate you. But when you get old, you won't depart from it. Listen, listen, listen. Let me let me tell you something. Young, we need to teach men how to transition from being a baby to being a man. Listen, listen. You gotta, you gotta, you you got to go from Similac to steak, which I has. You have to go from Gerber. To vegetables. I wish I had some help right there. Man, 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 you, you got to go from nursing all the way to llama beans. You got to get everything out. There is no transitional food in the spirit realm. That's, that's not how it works. So he said, how can a young man keep his way pure? See we, see, we need to have men that are being called to biblical manhood. That, what's interesting is, is, is when you go from 12 to 35, that's when you deal with what the psalm, it, it means it's nothing new under the son Ecclesiastes says. Because in the ages of 12 to ages of 35 is your most purity tr- tr- struggling years of your life. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And, 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 so, and so the psalmist asks a question. He's like, I'm, I'm wondering, is the psalmist like this? Psalmist may not have been 35 yet. I mean, he, he may have been, a, let's just say for the sake of argument, he a young buck. He's like, God, how in the world can a young man 
keep his doggone way pure. I mean, he in his mind, he's like, I don't know if it's even possible. But then he gives a clause that explains the way in which someone is made pure. He said, by keeping it according to your word. But let's not skip the word way. Somebody says way. Now, wait, oh, oh, no, no, no. Say, say way. way. There we go. I feel you now. Way means lifestyle. Now, most of the, the word way can be translated road, but, 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 that's, but, but, but it's not talking about the road that you're on. Listen, it said not the road. He said, how can he keep his way? So it's talking about him and his disposition and his attitude, his actions and his associations, his attitude, his actions and his associations. Now, if he's talking about his attitude, actions and associations, the issue is, is there is a lifestyle that's always beating at you that you won't be able to be able to live out God's intended design for you. That's why he asked, how can a young man keep his way pure? Then he says, by keeping it, by keeping it according to your word. The word keep there means to be untainted by what can corrode it. So there is a point here that the word of God helps men to have purity patterns versus sin patterns. Let me stay there. See, 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 many of us, when we fall and we get an accountability thing, somebody says, talk to me about your sin pattern. So sin pattern means that I want to see what are the things that lead up to the particular sin activity that you get into. Now, the challenge with just looking at sin patterns is the temptation is to deal with the sin pattern in a way that has no power with it. If you just don't do this particular thing, it won't lead to the sin. But the problem is, is dealing with the sin pattern doesn't deal with the root of the sin, which is us. Now, sin patterns are important, but the psalmist is not looking to deal with the sin pattern. He's talking about purity patterns. So what he's trying to focus him in on, how can you keep your way pure? It's a pattern of life. In other words, how do you develop a lifestyle that is filled with patterns of purity versus patterns of sin? Now, somebody say, well, we're going to sin, we, we fall. That's not what he's focusing on. Because, see, when you focus on you too much, all you get is you. All you get when you focus on you is enough power that only you can provide. But when you recognize that the word of God is way more powerful than you, way more strong than you, way more potent than you, because you are comprehensively impotent, but the word of God is omnipotent. Listen, because listen, the word of God can keep your way pure by helping you to redistribute your value system. Now I got to keep moving because I want to stay there forever. But, 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 he, but he says, how, how do you do it? He says, by guarding it according to the word. Now, now this phrase is interesting, Hebraically, because um, it means to cause to be in a state, to remain in a state, rather. The sense of the word means to have a cons- consistent exposure to something. It's powerful. See, see, many of us, our problem is a lack of consistent exposure to the word of God. Everything in your life, everything, can be pointed to and traced back to the level. I'm not talking about you read 15 chapters. Who cares? 
I'm talking about where you expose yourself. See, every now and then, you need to let the Holy Ghost put a comma on what you're reading. I wish I had some help. See, every now and then, as you're in the book, you may want to stop. You, say, you read a whole chapter like, Dak, I spent time with God this morning. My day is going to be great. Because I spent time with God, I've earned the right to have a good day. Uh-oh. See, many of us think like that. If I would have spent time with God, my day would have been better. But sometimes spending time with God is to prepare you for a really bad day. I wish I had some help. And so, but, but so that, that don't guarantee it. But what happens is, is consistent exposure doesn't mean the quantity of the Bible that you're taking in, but the quality of the Bible that you're taking in. That means that some of y'all need to, need to be on something for a week. I'm getting ahead of myself. But some of y'all need to pause and salah some Bible. Ah, I got to move because I'm getting, I'm getting past myself and I wasn't supposed to talk about that yet. But this idea, uh, this idea of guarding is, is really, a, a, really how you structure your life to have the Word of God consistently in it. Okay? Now, now, now let me teach for a second. Now, this is to help us to really really have a lot, it's not just the consistent exposure, it's the way in which our souls is exposed to the Word of God. So, so, so let, me, let, me, let me make it plain. One of the things that we do is many of us, when we're dealing with sin, we look at prohibition passages. Now, what I mean by prohibition passages is when we look at verses that say, don't do something, right? Now, if you look at the verse that says, do not do a particular thing, you're not necessarily not going to not do it because that passage was just to expose your sin, but not to empower you beyond your sin. So that's what that verse was for. That's called a, 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 you you know what I said, a prohibition or a law verse, if you will. In other words, to give you a command of God so that you can know that that particular thing is not in the framework of his holiness. You're tracking with me. Now, you also have to have not only prohibition passages, but you have to have effectual passages. Somebody say effectual passages. See, the effectual passages, guess what they do? Effectual passages not only tell you that you're wrong, but it tells you what the opposite lifestyle looks like when you're walking with God in a way you're not walking with him right now. Let me keep moving because let's make this plain. Okay, so, 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 so this is what, let me just explain this from a gospel standpoint. See, the gospel frees us, uh, uh, Galatians 5.1. It gives us the freedom, when you trust Jesus Christ as Savior, it gives you freedom to be accessed to everything. The problem with many of us, though, is we think because the gospel sanctifies us that it does everything. Sanctifying means it grows us up, but the gospel does not do everything. Y'all think I just cursed, didn't you? I didn't. The Bible teaches that the gospel doesn't do everything. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Now, let me explain. The gospel gives us the empowerment and openness to be freed up to live for God. That's why Galatians 5.1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Now, what the Holy Spirit does based on the prophetic word of Jesus Christ, based on John 16, 23, he says, after when the spirit of truth has come upon you, he will guide you into all truth. Now, let, let, me, let me explain what that means. See, some of y'all think being guided into truth means to attain the information. See, 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 when the Holy Ghost leads you into truth, it's not a conversation. 
It, see, see, some of y'all think, well, I got that theological conscience. No, I got that. That's deep. Let me go get on this. And you're on Facebook for four hours arguing with somebody you've never met before. And then you think you've been led into truth because you put a good argument out. But that's not what the Bible's talking about. To be led into truth is to know it. Because when Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, what did he mean by that? When the Holy Ghost leads you into truth, he, he, he causes the truth to be absorbed into your spirit so that you can live it out. That means just, it's, it's not just talk, but it's walk. That means when the Holy Ghost chisels in your soul the word of God based on the prophetic utterance of Ezekiel where he says, I will cause them, to, I will put my word in them. Listen, listen, that's when it's different for you. When the word is in you, not just on you. See, see, but many of us give ourselves spiritual maturity for what's on us. But, but that's, that's not what grows you. You can say gospel 10,000 times and Jesus died, but you got to have some specific verses for your mess. Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Now, now, let's look at them effectual verses. So, if you're dealing with pride and you go to the, you go to the passage where the people was wilding out and they were stiff-necked and then serpents went after them and 23,000 died that day, that probably is not going to motivate you to walk in the Word of God. All right? But, but, but it does show you that there's a prohibition there about pride. Now, if I'm dealing with pride, I'm going to 1 Peter chapter 5. It, it, says, it says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, for in due time he will exalt you if you won't faint. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. See, notice, notice what it does. What it does is it gives you the prohibition, but it gives you the encouragement. See, you need both the prohibition so you can know it's wrong, but you need the encouragement so you can say, God, I'm going to walk in that. I, 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 I can wait on you a little while because if you're proud and you say, I'm, I'm not humble, but he says, humble, your hand, self under, humble yourself. See, you don't want God to humble you. That's another sermon. You, you want to humble yourself. because ah, When God humbles you, it's a little rougher, but that's why it says humble yourself. I got to go to the next one. I got to go to the next one. I got to go to the next one. That, 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 because it's an effectual verse that says, oh, if I get under spiritual authority and if I let myself, that's, that's what the context of the text is, and I wait on him. That's a motivator. Now, if I'm dealing with lust, you know, I don't go to Deuteronomy 22 and Ezekiel 22, <laughs> where a man catch a woman out in the field and he gets her, bring them into the city and stone them to death. I'm going to be like, dang, <laughs> dang, surely. You know what I'm saying? So I know it's wrong based on that passage, but I'm not motivated to live for Jesus based on that passage. Now, that doesn't mean the verse is contradictory. It just is used in a different way in our life. Are you tracking with me? Now, what I want to do is I want to go over to 2 Timothy 2.22 in the New Living Translation. And I like the way it's translated. It's powerful. It, it's, it's, it says, it says, it, 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 it says do, do not stimulate in yourself evil desires powerful. But you know what it says? It says, but enjoy the fellowship of those who call upon the name of the Lord from a pure heart. See, now I'm like, dang, I need to get around some saints now. You know why? Because it's a, because the word of God helps you not to just pro be prohibited in what you do, but effectually passionate about holiness. I know we don't talk about holiness no more, but that's a whole nother sermon. If I deal with greed, you know what I'm saying? I ain't going to Aiken and them. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to that. You know what I'm saying? 
that's not the best place to go if I want to walk out. Now, I'm going to see that it was wrong that he stole the joint and put it under his tent, and he got killed after that. That's a pretty bad situation. But I'm saying, I don't know if I'm motivated to walk with the Lord because of that, but I know it's wrong. I go over the first, uh, I, go, I go over the first uh, Timothy chapter 6 where I look at the fact that God has given those in, in him a contentment. I go over to Philippians chapter 4 where it says, whether I am with a lot or a little, I've learned to abound in a base because I've learned in every situation how to be content, right? If, if, if I'm jealous or coveting or envious, you know what I'm saying? I know nobody here at the church deals with that. Um, but if somebody else got something that you want, but you, they got it, and you're hating on the fact that they got it, and so you imagine yourself having it even though it's not in your possession, that's called jealousy, envy, and coveting. Okay. Now, what I, I, what I go over to is First Timothy chapter 4, where it says, everything that God has created by has been created in order that we may enjoy it by those who believe and know the truth. In other words, I need to be thankful for what I have and not what I don't have. I'm going to keep going. See, you, you, one of the things about the Word of God that's very important is you have to have appropriate application. Say appropriate application. Now, one of the things that, that happens with us is, is, is we don't appropriate, we can, we, can, we, can, we can have some challenges in applying the wrong word to the wrong place in our life. And when that happens, that can cause discouragement from actually being in the Word because we have we have, we, and I'm going to explain it, we, we have applied a, a right word to a wrong place can cause discouragement because we've misappropriated the word of God and we become disappointed. Let me see if I can make it plain. There are different types of fluids in a the car. There's gas, oil, transmission fluid, brake fluid. Uh, 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 they're all different types of fluids, right? Now, take some oil and put it into your transmission. What will happen? Yeah, it'll blow up, won't it? Um, take, some get, uh, uh, take some brake fluid and put it in your gas tank. What will your car do? It won't, uh, yeah, it won't go nowhere. Uh-oh, we don't know what it'll do. Let's not try that, okay? And, in other words, you had the right fluid, but you put it in the wrong place. That's the same way. To, if you're dealing with pride, you can't get verses on greed. You have to, and, and that means you got to be in your Bible enough to know where to find something. That's why every one of y'all needing a concordance, say concordance. I mean, this is too practical, but, you know, somebody might leave the church because it's too practical. That's a whole other story. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, practical is this, is that you got to have a concordance based on the Bible that you have. Go down and look up the word and go down. If it's greed, I'm going through all the verses on greed. Oh, God, you need a topical Bible in your soul, in Jesus' mighty name. I'm giving you some practical stuff. You need to go get it today. Order it. It'll go around the store and be here by Tuesday, and you'll have it. (laughs) But you need it. 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 You need it because you need to be sowing Bible in yourself. That's why he says the next thing, because he's afraid of something. You can sense the fear in the psalmist. Guess what he says? He says, with a whole heart, I will seek you. Oh, my God. Now, he's not talking about prayer necessarily here, and he's not talking about worship in song here. He's talking about seeking God in his word. That means when my life is confused, I look for a word that can speak to 
my situation. Now, the problem with many of us is we run to the TV, we run to the radio, we run to the internet, but every now and then, you need to go get that Bible off of your shelf, dust it off, and look into the section where it shows you the subject index and say, God, help me find out what I'm dealing with, because I need some help, I need some clarity, and you got to do... Now, matter of fact, he may not tell you to get out of it, he may just give you a word to make you be okay while you're still in it. But that's why the Bible's important. And guess what he says? He says, I want this for my whole heart, not just pieces of the part of my heart that I'm comfortable with. He says, says, I want it in every area of my heart. I want the Word of God in my thinking. I want the Word of God in my passions. I want the Word of God in my execution. Why? Because every area of my life needs a word. Many of us are malnutritioned because we don't seek the Word of God. Listen, most of you, if you point out the deepest sin in your life, I will show you the fact that you haven't been in the Word in that particular area of your life. It happens to every last one of us. And that's why he says what's next. He says, let me not wander from your commandments. This is powerful. He says, in other words, he, he's, he's basically saying, it, it, this idea, it means to go astray, to make a linear movement in no particular direction with no goal. It, it means to guide someone astray by intentionally leading them in the wrong direction. He's, it also means to have a drunken stagger. In other words, he said, God, I don't want to wander. In, in, in Hebrews 2.1, it, it, it states something powerful. It says... <clears throat> Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, that, uh, lest we drift away from it. Talking about the Word of God. Now, what the idea in the passage here is that a boat that's set out in the water with no sail and no anchor, but it's, just dri- it's on the water, and whatever the weather takes it, it just drifts that particular direction. But the, but, but so, so, so the psalmist is saying, I don't want to be a wanderer. I don't want to be a person wandering in my spiritual life. I want to have a clear, directed spiritual life. See, a part of being a man is to have a biblical word for every season you're in. Did you hear me? That means you need to, why am I in this season and what is God up to? There needs to be some Bible for that. Because you can't get married as a wanderer. Listen, your your God-ordained duty is to have direction. And the way you get it is according to his word. And, and, and no woman wants any spiritually, biblically malnutrition, none in the Bible, have to be pushed in the Bible every time you turn around, no having a word for the family, no having a word for a situation, don't know how to talk, don't know how to, listen, you better open your Bible. If I have one more Christian man at this church that's beside his wife and she brings her Bible and you don't, shame on you. Shame on you. You get the Bibles and you give them to your family before you leave the house if they don't have Bibles. If you're a believer, if you're an unbeliever, you're supposed to do that. I see one more dude like this. (laughs) Man, I'm like, listen, you have to, the Bible has to be priority in your life. 
Because if you're not in it, you're going to wander. Listen, you are prone, you and I are prone to wander. I have mentors that are 70 years old, and they still struggle with getting in the Bible. They said it never ends. It never ends. It never ends. And so we can't wander. And that's why, which brings me to my last point. Only had two points. The last point. The word of God must be the pleasure of men. <laughs> the word of God <clears throat> must be the pleasure of men. He said, I have stored up. Somebody say stored up. He said, I have stored up thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, I love that verse because this is a great verse. The, the word store up means to gather objects or entities to be a respiratory. I like a, a repository. I, I, I like that because, because see, what, what, what the idea is in their day, if something had value, you would put it in a treasury or in a safe of some type. And, 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 and because that thing was of a lot of value. The psalmist is saying, I value the word of God. And that's what, know what he's inferentially saying? He's inferentially saying that our souls are safes for the Bible. Now, not to just be closed off. You know, I used to like the movies where the dude, you know, had a nice crib. He had wood grain all on the floor. You know what I'm saying? He had on Harris Tweed. And, 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 and you know, he, he, he talked with an English accent, you know, and walked with cap toe shoes. And he, always, he walked in his garden outside like this. Then when he came into the house, he had a nice picture on the wall that cost a couple G's. You know what I'm saying? He, he pulled a, he pulled a joint back, flick, kip it, and then he has a safe back there. Then he goes, he look and see if anybody looking and open the joint up. And, was, and then he got, all, he got stacks up in there, you know what I'm saying? He got all types of stuff up in there that's valuable to others and especially to him. In other words, this thing was so valuable that he had to put it in front of a valuable painting and then build a hole in the wall just to make sure that a safe was put in there and a lock was put on it because this was so valuable, I didn't want to misplace it. That's what the Word of God is for your life. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's why James says in James chapter 121, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save your soul. It is able to grow you up. The Bible is sufficient. The Bible is sufficient. Get it in your soul. Get it in your soul. Get it in there. It's the most valuable product, and you were created to be a safe for it. You are God's treasury chest on planet Earth. And your heart, your heart is the particular cell for the Word of God. But it's not just to be closed off, to be looked at and wonder just to say, I have it. But it's to be spent in our lives. And it never runs out of resourcing. It never runs out of resourcing. I got to move. He said that I might not sin against thee. He's talking about the word of God protects me if I put it in my heart. But listen, the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Only the truth that you know will set you free. Now y'all going to get that on the way home. The Bible says, and the spirit of truth, when he comes upon you, he will bring back to your remembrance everything that I've taught you. Now, if you ain't got no Bible in you, the Holy Ghost is not going to prophetically bring the Bible up in your system. You got to deposit the Word and trust the Spirit 
to bring, there'll be times you'll be walking along and you won't know what to do. And the Holy Ghost will grab a file out of your spirit and put it right in your, you'll be like, oh, I know now, God, hallelujah. You'll be like, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel them right now. And then now you got some clarity. Why? Because you got some Bible in you. That's like going to your bank account after Creflo Dollar said that your money was going to be in there. And you said, I bless the God of heaven. It's going to be money in there. I'm going to my ATM. Hallelujah. 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 And you put your ATM card in there. If you ain't put no money in there. <laughs> huh? That's just the way it works. You can't withdraw what ain't in there. And that's what it's like with the Word. That's what it's like with the Word of God. It's so powerful. And in the way the Word of God protects, he said, I may not sin against you. He, he did something powerful. You know, you know it kind of reminds me of, of we had some waterproofing issues. You know, Philly basement's a little rugged. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. They be watery in the mug, smelling mildew-ish and everything. You don't know all different colors, mold, blue, black, green, yellow, all kinds, right? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. But we got a newer house four blocks from here, and um, it's not that big, but we got, we got, we was like, oh, we got a job basement, center block, John. This summer, right, we had them rains. All of a sudden, water just coming through the wall, like, what's up, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and slugs coming through. You know, my wife ain't like that. Slugs coming through the wall. My sons did because they want to put some salt on it and make it shrivel up, <laughs> but, 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 but that wasn't a good thing. So we called a waterproofing company. <clears throat> And what they did was they said, Mr. Mason, what we need to do is water has filled up in your blocks. And he said, it's going to seep through the wall. So what we're going to do is we're going to use your current irrigation, not irrigation system, but your, your sewage system. We're going to drill holes at the bottom. And, and, then we're, and then after we drill holes at the bottom, we're going to clean the wall. We're going to clean it from what's been coming through it already. And what we're going to do, y'all hear me in a second. Then they began to paint a coat on it. Now, when they paint this coat on it, it was days later when I touched it and it feels sticky. I said, what is that? They said, oh, it's not sticky. It's not going to get on you. It's liquid rubber. And he said, the reason why we did it is we put this on here so that when the stuff, the, the dirty water tries to come in your house and the slugs try to come in your house, it, it, it can't come through that way. It has to go down to the place where it's supposed to go. But everything that's not supposed to get in will stay out because if we didn't waterproof your basement, it would have destroyed your foundation. And if your foundation gets destroyed, then this house is destroyed. That's what the Word of God does for your life. It protects the foundation of your life. And it keeps stuff out that ain't supposed to get. There's some stuff that was coming towards you. And when it came towards you, if you got a word, it goes away. Let me see if I can make it plainer. Uh, uh, let me see if I can make it plainer. Uh, I, me and my son, we like watching the, Star, the Clone Wars and Star Wars and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that fascinates me about the Jedi is they have these Jedi senses. I'm a Jedi geek. And, um, they, and, and it got, they can move a little faster. But what's interesting is it'll be like 10,000 bullets, you know, them bullets come to and they'll just go, and they'll be talking to each other going like this, you know what I'm saying, and doing like this, and knocking the joints off because they, they can sense that something's coming towards them, but they're equipped with the ability with their sword to deflect every piece that comes before them because they know exactly what it's coming from because they've been trained. See, you got to be trained in your Bible to know how to use the Bible as a protecting mechanism so that when the flaming darts of the enemy comes towards you, guess what the Bible says? Is that the Word of God, guess what it is? It, 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 it is a sword and a shield to you. And you, that's why you got to get in the book. It's not going to, you can pray it away, you can speak in tongues to Jesus come back. We're not against you speaking in tongues, but that's not going to help you. 
when it comes to what the Word of God specifically says. Why? Well, because I'm speaking tongues. And then that deal with my ignorance. Some of y'all believe. Y'all know it. We don't beat y'all up about believing. We believe in the gifts here. But some of y'all think tongues does everything. Show me in the Bible where tongues heal somebody. Show me in the Bible where tongues got right of pride. Tell me in the Bible where tongues got a lot of lust. You got to hide the Bible in your lazy behind. Wish I had some help. I ain't got much time. Let me get to one more thing I wanted to get to. Last thing he says. He said, I like this. He said, bless the Lord. <laughs> he just stops there. He, you know what I'm saying? He, he gets a praise break right there. Because what happened is he remembers some stuff that God protected him from. And he couldn't even write the psalm no more before he just put his hands up. I believe, I believe he wrote, bless the Lord, and just put his hands up like this. And said, bless the Lord. And he began having a praise break for a second. Then the Holy Ghost said, all right, time to write again. Then he says, teach me your statutes. He says, with my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. He says, in the way of your testimonies I delight. Listen to this language. As much as in riches. Listen to this. He said, I meditate on your precepts. Stop right there. <coughs> meditate. Um, the, the word meditate is a word that means to chew. It's used of a cow. Now, I don't know y'all ever seen a cow before. Some of y'all from the city, y'all ain't never seen a cow. But if you ever seen a cow, a cow to me is the coolest animal on the planet. Because the cows, they can stand in the same spot for hours. That's cool to me. And then they, they just chew. They say, and they just do like that for a long time. Now, you got to understand a cow has three stomachs. So what a cow, four, I'm sorry, y'all corrected me. Thank you. Four, I thought it was three. All right, my son will correct me. He know all that stuff. Four. So he chew. That's my agricultural major. So he chew him, and then he swallows it. Then he brings it back up, and he chews it. Then he swallows it, nourish off of it some more, spits it back up, and he keeps doing that. And I know that seems nasty to some of y'all, but, <clears throat> but the way God created him is that what he ate, he got the maximum nutrition out of it. And that's why he kept chewing on it, because the, the teeth and the mouth is the first digestive place in your body. And once you chew on it enough, once you swallow it and it gets to the place where the nutrients are distributed, he gets more out of it because he chewed on it longer. See, some of y'all need to learn how to chew on the Bible. That means you get in your Bible and you meditate on it. Some of y'all need to stop reading chapters and read a verse. And pray on that verse for a week. People say, how do you memorize scripture? By studying the Bible. When you study the Bible and you, 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 you do quality versus quantity, what begins to happen is your life will change. For real. And it will be greater exposure to your life. And, 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 and you marinate in that thing. And you marinate in the Word of God, and you marinate in the Word of God, and you marinate in the Word of God, and, 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 and you develop more spiritual flavor. Let me see if I can make it plain. My wife, my wife I, I had a taste for her cucumber salad the other day. And so I was, I was like, I, was like, babe, I, I, I need that cucumber salad in, in my spirit right now. Uh, I, I need that. And she said, all right, baby. So she went out back. She got some tomatoes out back. She done grew nice 
juicy tomatoes, getting her Proverbs 31 on. She sliced the joints up, cat, 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 cow, got them real nice for me. Got me some red onion, got, cut up the cucumber, cut the skin off the cucumbers, and then chopped the cat, 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 and then wicked cat, quick, cat, boom. Then she took, some, she took some sugar and some red wine vinegar and just mixed it together and go, and then, then she said, taste this, baby. I said, nah, not yet. I, I, said, I, said, I, said, I said, put a little more sugar in it, a little more vinegar, and then just cover it and put it in the fridge. And then the next day, I, 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 I took my fork and I put it on an onion, a, a, a nice piece of onion, a tomato, and, 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 and a cucumber. And I did like this in the sauces. And then I went like this and looked at it and let it drip for a minute. Then I went, yeah, cow. Then I was like, that is the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage right there. <laughs> and the reason why the flavor was different is because it sat in the stuff longer. The longer you sit in the Bible, the more rich your life will be. That's why, that's why Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, let the word of God richly dwell in you. So, so your life is never going to be different. See, there's some things that community with believers won't do. There's some things that sermons won't do. There's some things that praise and worship will not do and prayer won't do that's specifically assigned to you being in the Scriptures. And so my prayer is, is that you will begin to have a more vicious alignment with the Bible, meaning that you take the specific time that's needed to get your life in the place that it needs to be because God has already given you the access through the gospel. So this doesn't, this doesn't make him love you more, but it does make you more like him. And so I pray today, men, that you would find in your soul a deep passion to get in the word so that the word of God can transform you. Father, we honor you. Thank you. Bless you today. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you for all of your goodness, for all of your mercy, and, and the life that you give in Christ. And God, the fact that Jesus needed the Bible, <laughs> Jesus needed the Word of God in Matthew chapter 4 as a human. So if, if he needed the Bible, how much more do we? So God, during the rest of our gathering, help us to exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen.